Warning, the following content may contain elements that are not suitable for some audiences. Viewer discretion is advised. Hello, kitties. This is y'all's Dooley, John Kassir, the voice of The Crypt Keeper. And you're listening to Slasher Radio. <laughs> 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 Alright, welcome back to Slasher Radio. My name is Mike Bones and I got Bobby Spitz with me. What's going on, man? Yo, wow. We got true for I think uh, this one's coming a week early or than we promised. Because um, technical difficulties yeah. occurred. We, we promised you this next week. You're getting it this week. We have Christopher Landon, the director, writer of the upcoming Happy Death Day to you. And um, that, that one, I mean, Happy Death Day was a big movie. It you know, made a lot of money. It was unique. And uh, also director of Paranormal Activity, The Marked Ones. And the writer for Paranormal Activity 2, 3, 4, and the Marked Ones. So he got to work with those titties. Yeah. Uh, no. No, the, that was the first one, wasn't it? Well, she was in both of them. Oh, yeah. that's that Well, yeah, she was in a, for a hot minute at the end. Yeah, yeah, he got to work with them. Yeah. Katie Featherson, I think her name was. Featherson, something like that. Yes, yes, yes. But, um, let's do shout-outs really quick. Uh, go to 12nightshorror.com. PromoteHorror.com. And horrormoviesandstuff.com. Go check them out. They got all your, your news and whatnot. So if you don't know, now you know. But no, Christopher Landon, man. It's crazy how... like, If I were to say to you, Happy Death Day was written by the same guy who did Paranormal Activity 2, what would you say to me? I need to see it. I need to watch it, is what I would say. I'd say I need to go see this shit right meow. Right meow. It's the but two polar opposite movies though, so yeah, that's why I'd be interested. I'd be like, well, I got to see what the fuck this is about now. Yeah, what kind of title is this? First of all, second of all, based off of the coming attractions that it has, it's just a completely different movie because Paranormal Activity was that whole camera, you know, Blair Witchish kind of thing, and the furthest thing from a comedy horror. Well, pretty, not the furthest, yeah. but pretty far. Yeah, so. Um, he's going to talk about his range as a writer because to be able to write, and he did Disturbia also, and you know, the, the again, very different movies. So, uh, yeah, you know, let's say about that there. All right, so we're going to throw you to that. Um, when we come back, we'll talk a little bit of paranormal activity because I love it, and happy that day to you. So, there you go. enjoy. We had let you guys know last week, we had a very special guest coming in, Christopher Landon, a most recent project, Happy Death Day to You, 
and that's coming out in theaters. He's working on a bunch of other stuff we're going to talk about. Mr. Landon, how are you doing today, sir? I'm I'm doing great. I'm great. Thanks for having me. Oh, thank you for coming on. Um, I'm excited to talk about this movie because I really, really liked the first one. And if you had to, because a lot of people are kind of, the trailer came out, and a lot, everyone's kind of fishing for, what are they going to do next? And what would you say kind of the new plot of the sequel is going to be? The the new, without, I mean, well, hopefully this isn't like a spoiler thing. <laughs> um <laughs> But um, the the new plot um, basically concerns. I mean, on the surface, it looks like it's about how how a tree gets trapped in the in the same mm-hmm. uh, time loop. Um, uh, but what we reveal is that um, she does indeed get trapped in the same day, but she discovers that she's in an alternate dimension. Okay. Um, and so while everything on the surface looks the same, things are very, very different. And so she has a new mystery to solve because there's a new killer, um, but there's also even sort of greater stakes um, attached to this, to this movie because there's something um, very personal going on for her uh, in this movie. Okay. Yeah, because the first one, um, it just kind of gave you that... Uh you didn't know where exactly it was going kind of thing. And I think that, you know, in the original tying in an actual person, it kind of kept you to your horror roots a little bit. Yeah. In a way, because, you know, the the time warp in itself, you got to sit and think and all that stuff. So bringing it down to kind of a slasher towards the end um, actually was mm-hmm. a nice, uh, nice twist to it. But uh, correct me if I'm wrong, you were the director of the first Happy Death Day. You are the writer of the upcoming one and also the director as well, right? Yes, that's correct. Okay. How much of the original were you caught up in the writing process of it? Because obviously you have a very significant background in it. Yeah, it's a complicated thing. And, and um, you know, ultimately, um, and, and, and the Writers Guild doesn't, really appreciate me talking about my contribution Mm -hmm. to to the first movie um but i did i can say that i i did write several drafts um of 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 the first movie um but but the movie was credited to to scott Mm lobedell who was the the first writer um on the movie um but it was nice to be able to take over um uh, and keep and keep the story going um, for the for the second movie. Um, and one of the really cool things that that I was able to do here is um, not only continue um, the story about about Tree, um, but also there's a really fun and and unique um, shift in the in the genre and the tone mm-hmm. um, of this movie. And what we always like to say is that we're the first movie kind of felt like, you know, Scream meets Groundhog mm-hmm. Day. You know, I think that was, that was a comparison that we got a lot. Um, we're kind of playing with the idea of Scream meets Back to the Future um, oh. in, in this movie. So um, people are going to find that there's very much, there's a lot of fun callbacks to the first movie and similarities, but, um, but we also um, are playing with a, with a slightly different tone this time. I've never heard the scream to uh, I've never heard that reference but it makes so much sense hearing it now because like I said it it kind of had the slasher roots which scream was and it, I don't know it was just something about it that you you guys did a really good job of making that stick out yeah thank you I appreciate it but what do you now that you're taking over the writing for the for the upcoming film the the original had such closure 
at the ending what how do you mm-hmm. approach that because it's kind of a you're going off something that was already kind of set in stone yeah yeah and and that was kind of the fun you know it's, it's when we when we made the first movie um we didn't have any conversations about a sequel um not even the realm of like oh what if it does really well should we be ready you know and um and it wasn't until um i i was actually it's funny i was just just finishing the first movie and i had this crazy idea for a sequel um and i pitched it to our producer jason blum um and his eyes got really big um and he turned to me and he said dude you've got to write that um that's a great idea and it was it was great that this movie was was truly born out of not a, a desire to like cash in on a sequel um but because we all really felt like this was a really unexpected fun and clever way to continue this this story um and so that that was the real sort of genesis of of the whole thing is that i i I feel like the we get to explain why she got trapped in a time loop how she got trapped in a time loop um but then we also get to subvert expectation um and take the story in in a direction that i don't think people will will expect See, I'm really glad you said that because I was going to mention it. The original just seemed like a one-off. Like, how do you do it again? There's no way. You wouldn't Mm -hmm. even think about it. So I could see you guys going in like that. A lot of people are saying, I seen it, uh, somebody called it a cash grab somewhere, but I was looking at it and I said, no, 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 no. Christopher Landon has a repertoire. Like, he's not going to just write and direct something that is just for nothing. So I, that's, I'm really glad you put a little bit of insight into that aspect of it also. Yeah. I mean, it's just, I mean, look, I understand that a lot of people, you know, think that, and, and by the way, oftentimes they're right. I mean, I think a lot of sequels are about just making money, but I think that it shows, you Mm -hmm. know, I think when a sequel, when a sequel sucks, you kind of know, okay, well, everybody was just in it for the money. Yep. Um, but then, but then there are there are plenty of other movies out there that have that have great sequels, and and those are an extension of the fact that the people, the filmmakers, and the storytellers really felt like there was more gas in the tank, you know, mm-hmm. that there was still more story to tell. And I think that we all, very very much creatively speaking, felt that 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 was something that we actually had, and and especially Jessica Roth, who who plays Tree. Um, when, when I got together and, and she had read the script, she was so excited because um, she, she didn't think that we could top the first movie in terms of her character and the personal stakes mm-hmm. that her character has. And, and I think she, she really agrees with me that we, we really did raise, raise the challenge here. Like her Tree is definitely going through some really deep tricky shit mm-hmm. in in the second movie and so i think it i think it it just makes the movie in in many ways um more satisfying than the first movie and also because i i i wasn't as saddled with um you know the first movie you know it's a time loop movie and so you're having to rely on repetition mm-hmm. um you know to establish a pattern and we didn't have to worry about that this time because we we already dealt with it in the first movie and furthermore if we made a kind of carbon copy sequel um, that I think a lot of people are expecting, then that would just be a boring movie. Like it doesn't matter if you put somebody else in a time loop or, 
you know, whatever the case may be, it's, if you're doing the same thing again, it's just going to get dull fast. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it, it was, it was really fun for all of us to just say, you know what, we're going to do something really bad shit and left field and see how it goes. Yeah, I can, I I mean, especially when it's the same thing of the same thing, like, you know, time loops and yeah. it's already re- re- repeating itself. <laughs> I mean, I remember on the first movie, you know, even though it was it was a necessity to mm-hmm. go through that day, and and I was doing backflips, you know, in terms of, you know, how I was approaching the material and 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 even the stuff that I had written, and um, and it still like was right on the edge a couple times of feeling like, oh God, I just, <laughs> I don't want to be in this day anymore, um, and so I think we were all excited to to be able to kind of just jump out of that as quickly as possible in the in the new. Movie. Yeah, and that that's interesting because, I mean, I think you did a good job also with the the repetitive scenes in the original of making uh, putting a lot in there, you know. So it's kind of mm-hmm. and you you breeze through it a couple of times also where it did, you know you did it right to where it didn't hurt. But how hard is it behind the camera? I mean, you have to be almost identical over and over again as an yeah. actor. That's got to be difficult. <laughs> Yeah, it's it's th- these kinds of movies are, you know, a time loop movie. They're so challenging, especially for, especially for the actors because they, um, you know, you just by by virtue of how you how you execute a movie. You know, we had to shoot out, um, you know, each each, you know, all of the scenes that that were set in a particular location back to back, and so you know, Jessica um, and and Israel, you know, who played Tree and Carter. They would have to, you know, keep moving through all of these different emotions, you know, especially Jess, who, you know, would begin confused and then would start to turn into panic and then turn to hysteria and then turn to, you know, like determination. And so all of these different emotions that she had to feel, she had to move through them so quickly. And we, and my job was to help her keep track of where she was in the story and what her state of mind was. Um, and so that was a huge challenge. And then for me, um, as the director, it was just the challenge was making sure that each time she woke up, we were in in her head. Mm-hmm. Um, and I have to give a, a ton of credit to my to my director of photography, Toby Oliver, um, who really helped me shape a, a look because each time she wakes up, we we made adjustments, we made tweaks in the way that things were shot and the way that things were lit. Um, so that you could really experience the world from her point of view, and it, and it comes through, and a phenomenal job to Jessica and Israel. I I even noticed to where I forget which which line it was that Israel said he did a certain thing with like putting his neck out, and he had to. I it was in almost every time he said it, and to be able to repeat even yeah. stuff that small has got to be so difficult. Yeah, it's super difficult. And then the crazy thing was, you know, coming back for the sequel. You know, we had to still ultimately recreate, you know, a ton of scenes mm-hmm. from from the first movie because we are still kind of in, we're in the same day. And so the challenge there was, you know, recreating, you know, locations and sets and <clears throat> costumes and, I mean, right down to, to background, you know, the people that you see in the, in the, in the background, um, we had to find those people again and make sure that they were in the mm-hmm. right clothes. So the detail side of it was was really really complicated um, and difficult, but you know it's 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 all part of the the fun too. 
Oh man, I didn't even think that much de- that deep into it. Oh my god, and and nothing. Oh, you don't even know, place. dude. Oh my god, like we we went back this time, um, you know, when we were because you know a lot of the first movie takes place in 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 a, uh, a hospital, mm-hmm. um, and so when we were getting ready to to shoot the second movie, we do you know these tech scouts where we go back and look at the locations and you know walk through them with the crew. And we showed up, and and the hospital had been gutted. Mm-hmm. Um, it was it was gone, like the inside. And so we had to rebuild the interior of the hospital, and and it had to look exactly the way it did before. Mm-hmm. Um, so that was just like you know, especially in a low budget movie like ours. Mm-hmm. You know, we're not a big studio fancy movie where we have tons of money to just throw at any problem that comes along. Um, so that was another that was a big a big challenge for us. Yeah, I seen that your your budget. I mean, it, you know, it, it was it wasn't uh, you know indie by any means, but you know, it also wasn't you know you guys put a lot in there. And just thinking of the detail now, saying you needed to survey an entire scene before you even get going, like that stuff costs money. <laughs> you just don't think as viewers we try and look into it, but stuff like that, you have no idea of the layers beneath, and it's just amazing what you pulled off with those scenes alone. Yeah, I think people will be really impressed with what we're able to pull off in this movie. Um, you know, the scale um, and the scope of, of, of the sequel really is, is it's a bigger movie, especially because we have this really strong sci-fi element. Um, and so, you know, again, you know, by, by Hollywood standards, um, you know, this is this is a very low budget movie. We're talking this is I think our budget ended up at about seven and a half. Uh, million dollars, mm-hmm. um, which I know is a lot of money, um, but but in movie land, it's 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 actually not. Especially when you consider, you know, another movie that's opening um, on the same weekend as us is uh, is Alita: Battle Angel, which is a two hundred million dollar movie. Um, and so you know, we're like we're like you know a few days of shooting for them. Like we're just a drop in the bucket. Mm-hmm. Um, and so there's a bit of a you know there's a David and Goliath kind of a thing going on here because <laughs> <laughs> um, we really are the little guy. But um, but I I'm really proud of the movie. I, I do think people are going to enjoy it. And you said that there was a going to be a different tone. Do you mean that maybe it might be a little darker than the last one? Could we expect something like that? No, no, it's the tone. The tone shift, I would say, is actually. I mean, we we definitely keep the horror element, mm-hmm. you know, and there's still a killer in this movie, um, but you know, the the genre shift here. And again, I I, I try to explain this to people because um, you know people think, oh my god, you know, I want it to be a full blown slasher mm-hmm. movie, mm-hmm. Um, but it, but if I did that, it would require me to do the thing I didn't want to do, which is make the same movie twice. Um, because that's all we, that's all the other movie was. It was basically, you know, a girl being hunted by her killer. And so, um, I wanted to keep things fresh. And so that's why, you know, bringing in the sci-fi element. Um, so it, it becomes a little bit of a sci-fi movie. Also, you know, we have new characters in this movie, so it becomes a bit more of like an ensemble piece, um, which allowed me to push the kind of more John Hughes kind of stuff that I love um, and into this one and, and push that forward. And there's definitely, I think probably more humor, um, in this movie too. We have some pretty, some pretty funny stuff. Um, but it still has the DNA Mm. of, of the first movie. It's just, you know, for me, it was, it was very much a, a function of how can we, how can we keep things fresh? And part of that was, was shifting some stuff. And you kind of walked me right into my next question. Comedy horror. I think you guys did it really well. And it's something 
it's not easy to put the two together. And I, I love no. movies like that. You know, I'm, I'm a Leprechaun fan. I mean, I, I love it. I love it. So. I love Leprechaun. Oh my God. I got to talk to you in a minute about it. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> but that, that's what I'm saying. I like those kind of movies and they are really fun to watch. And I think, I forget what we talked about this recently, that it's really a hard ingredient to kind of balance. And I think you guys did a really yeah. good job of that too. Yeah, you know, it's funny. We I've, I've been talking about this a lot, um, and and I love horror comedies. Um, you know, I grew up, you know, even like, you know, like, you know, like Raimi and Evil Dead and, mm-hmm. um, I mean, more modern stuff like Zombieland and, of course, Zombieland 2, which I can't fucking wait mm-hmm. for. Um, and I think that, you know, there's a certain a rhythm and a cadence to a joke that is similar to, to a scare, you know, there's, there's, there's the setup and the payoff, you know? And so I think that they're very similar in structure. Um, and I think what's great about putting them together in a movie is, um, you know, humor really allows us to, to connect with characters, you know, like I, I, all my friends are really funny people. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and part of the reason why I love them is because they make me laugh. And so I think in a movie, when a character makes you laugh, it connects you to them. You like them. Um, and so that way when they're in peril and there's a guy wearing a baby mask chasing them with an eyes, you care what's going on. Um, and so I, I think they make really good companions. Um, and I find humor to be really disarming too. Um, I think the real sweet spot, which is the hardest thing to do is to make people scream and laugh almost mm-hmm. at the same time. Um, and that's, and that's another thing that's really difficult to do. Um, but really fun to do. And by the way, I always, whenever anyone talks about um, Leprechaun, I always have to remind people that Jennifer Aniston. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's half my <laughs> argument. Forget where you came. Don't you forget where you came from, girl. That's half my <laughs> argument right there. <laughs> yeah. Uh, anyway. But uh, you, I want to talk about your range really quick because it's crazy to me. You have movies, like you said, you're trying to push comedy horror with Happy Death Day, but you have movies like Disturbia, I mean, Paranormal Activity. Where do you, because they're, they're polar opposites. Paranormal Activity, little to no uh, comedy in it, very few spots. Well, I mean, look, the Paranormal movies were, were really interesting because, you know, the whole basis of those, the, the foundation and, and the success of those movies was predicated on the idea that these were real people. Mm-hmm. Um, so that forced me to try to explore um, and write about more pe- everyday people living normal lives that were suddenly um, invaded by an entity. Um, and what I always did in those movies was try to look for the mundane, you know? And so all these movies were always about like an, like a, an event that everybody recognizes. So Paranormal 2 was, you know, about a family bringing a baby home. Um, You know, Paranormal 3 was about a mom um, and her two daughters, you know, starting a new life with her boyfriend um, who had just moved in with them. Um, And so each time we we made one of these movies, I really tried to ground stuff in reality. Um, Now, I did, we did try to find the appropriate moments and places to be funny because, again, I thought that was a good way for people to get to know the characters and to like them. Um, but when you're making those movies, like you're, you're in it for pure terror. Um, and so that's a place that I have to go to in my brain. Um, I mean, I just sit there and I think like, what's the scariest fucking thing that can happen? Um, and so even like on Paranormal 3, when I wrote that one, like, um, it was so much fun to be able to play with 
certain devices. You know, like I, I came up with that the the pan camera, that camera that oscillated back and forth, and it was a really fun device because it created a huge blind spot. Um, and and that was the joy of those movies is that like you can just do terrible, terif- terrifying, horrible things. <laughs> I just created a new world called new world called terrible. Um, but uh, but I like to I like to do different stuff, mm-hmm. you know. Um, and so for me, you know, like Disturbia, that was that was my 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 love letter to Hitchcock mm-hmm. um, and John Hughes. Um, and so um, I was able to kind of explore that. So every time I, every time I set out to make a movie or write a movie, um, I always try to challenge myself to do something a little bit different. Yeah, and it shows because these are polar opposites of each other, and it's nuts how. Yeah, they're all different. And I can, and I write other stuff. Like I write dramas. The very first movie I ever wrote was a straight up drama. Um, that was a, a movie made a long time ago called Another Day in Paradise that was directed by, by Larry Clark. Um, and that, that was about, about, you know, heroin addicts. Um, so, uh, it's, it's always, for me, it's exciting to try and, and, and get to do different stuff. And, and one of the projects I'm working on now, um, is very Amblin. Um, it's very, very, uh, it's like my, my love letter to, to E.T., um, so I, I like to keep keep doing things that are different. Yeah, and 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 it's crazy changing those hats like that. But you had mentioned writing for Paranormal Activity. This you wrote uh, the second one as well, right? I did. Okay. Yeah. What was it like taking? Because Paranormal Activity one was the biggest thing on on Earth. Like it was just huge. Everybody yeah. knew it. Yeah. How do you take over from that? You know, it's funny. I think I think a lot of people. I mean, it was a, it was a huge, huge phenomena, and and Orrin Pelly um, created something so unique um, and so scary that I think everybody kind of looked at it in a lot of ways. I think the way that they look at Happy Death Day, it just kind of looked like you could only make one. Mm-hmm. How could there possibly be? How could there possibly be a franchise in there? And I think there was something liberating about being the underdog in that way that everybody was so convinced that we were going to make something terrible and useless, um, that it ended up freeing us because we felt like, well, look, if everybody's expecting the worst, like (laughs) it can only, we can only go up from there. Um, and so a big part of that was, was the fact that we, we, we made an effort to, to, build a mythology, you know, to introduce the idea of a coven and to introduce the idea that there were bigger forces at hand. Um, and so I think that's what was able to open up that particular franchise for us. Um, and, and yeah, I mean, it was, it was, it was a pleasant surprise, I think, to everyone that we, that we actually made a movie that was, that was effectively scary. And I, I've always compared paranormal activity to Blair Witch because like you said earlier, people thought it really happened, and that was and to for you yeah. guys to be able to do Blair Witch got away. You know they were at that edge where the internet's just starting. Paranormal Activity, everybody, you know, the internet was full blown, and it still was able to capture that. But where yeah. I think separates the franchise as a franchise, their follow up, I think, I mean, a lot of people think wasn't very good. But you guys were able, yeah. and I was one of those people that said Paranormal Activity too. Yeah, I'll watch it, but that's what the hell? It's probably gonna suck. And I, I couldn't believe 
it's it's definitely up in the air between one and two for me. Cause, and I think everybody views it that way. So yeah, and you're and you opened a whole door to more and more. And I think you guys moved with the times very well, also as far as technology. Well, yeah, we tried to we tried to to shift things around um, in terms of our approach to things. Look, I mean, the the, the biggest mistake that I think the Blair Witch made was they didn't they didn't trust that they could make a second found footage movie. Mm-hmm. You know, they tried to, they tried to like ride the line between both. And it was, you can't, you can't split it. Like you either have to be all in yep. or you're, or you're not. Um, but what we did do was we, we really, and it's kind of funny in the way that I think the show black mirror likes to sort of examine how technology affects our lives. Mm-hmm. Um, we, we did the same thing with, with the paranormal films in terms of like, you know, how can we tell the story through a different kind of technology each time? And so the, the second movie, you know, we were obviously telling the story through security cameras mm-hmm. um, that had been put up because the house had been broken into. And then in Paranormal 3, we went back in time. And so we were able to go like analog and go VHS um, and go old school um, and then use that as, as a storytelling device. And then obviously in Paranormal 4, um, we went with laptops um, and phones. And so each time we were kind of looking for the new point of view. Um, and so it was a lot of fun and, and really challenging to kind of approach those movies that way. My personal favorite of of all of them was actually three. Um, it was, it was the most fun to work on. And I actually think it was, it was the most interesting and, and effective of them too. I mean, Orin's first movie is, you know, it's, it's fantastic. And I think that's the one that of course everybody agrees is the, the granddaddy now of like sound footage movies, but, um, but we had a lot of fun on three. I don't know. I, uh, two, I think you have to give it to the original just because, you know, it's kind of one of those unwritten rules, but I, Oh, by the way, the original scared the shit out of me. Like that was the one that kept me up at night. It was so simple. Yeah. But I, I don't know the security camera, I think was a brilliant idea. It was at the perfect time. It was able to capture stuff way better. It made sense. You know, it's just, that's the thing with found footage. You're always sitting there going, all right, but in reality, this wouldn't be recorded. You know, this and that security cameras are always on. Yeah. Yeah. And that was, I mean, look, the thing that Oren did so well that nobody else had done before. Um, and it's something that we just built upon in the second one was, you know, he introduced the audience into, into putting, putting, putting everyone in front of a big wide shot and then just making them stare at it, mm-hmm. you know, and wonder what's going to happen in this room. Like, is something going to come out of the corner? Is something going to, like, what are we looking at? Um, and so, you know, Paranormal 2 was was built entirely on the idea of, like, these big, wide, static mm-hmm. angles um, because they're very unnerving because um, you just don't know where the danger is. And you, you always stare at that one spot, like in the original, obviously, the doorway, but there's always that one sh- one spot in the shot where you are positive something's going to happen, and nothing happens sometimes. Yeah, yeah. And you still f- get yeah. all that tension built up, and it, it's a phenomenal... You, uh, paranormal Activity, nobody did that better than Paranormal Activity. Nobody. Yeah, they were they were fun movies to make. And 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 again, if you were to tell me the same person wrote Paranormal Activities and Happy Death Days, I'd be like, well, what are you talking about? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And by the way, you know, like, and, and I kind of, I kind of vacillate between different things. And so um, I've been in a, in a, in a lighter mood, but then, you know, of course, you know, I'll 
I'll come across something or an idea or um, I'll just find my way into another project and, and decide that I'm ready to go super dark again um, and, and make something really scary. So um, it's, it's, it's kind of nice being surprised by myself. Yeah. And um, before I let you go, we mentioned Leprechaun. Uh, on this sh- yeah. on this show, we have my co-host who is not with us today. Uh, we have an ongoing debate, and it's spilled into Twitter, and it's a whole big mess. She is a big Le- uh, Leatherface fan, huge. She's from Texas, the whole nine yards. Okay. And I yeah, said that I enjoy watching Leprechaun better, and it kind of just ended up boiling down to an ass whooping contest. And I just threw my hands in the air and said, "Well, <laughs> Leprechaun would kick Leatherface's ass." And it's been an argument ever since. So if those two characters got into a fight, who do you think is taking it? Uh, I think I think Leprechaun would win. I have, have to, to. I have to take your side on this one. Yeah. I mean, I also think that, like, you know, Leatherface is, is scary as fuck. Um, but he's still a guy, and he actually is kind of clumsy. <laughs> mm-hmm. That's what I I've mean, been saying. He's going to fall. He'll, he will probably fall. I mean, he did, like, you know, chainsaw his own leg. Um so I, I'm definitely team team Leprechaun. Although it just you know it depends on which version of Leatherface we're really talking about, though, too, because he got that's he, true. He was he was a like in the in the in the remake. Um, he was more of like just a killing machine. He he'll take like, he'll hunt you down. Yeah, he seemed less like a like a crazy person that just was with a fucked up family. Um, by the way, I think. And it's a movie that people never talk about very much, at least not in, among my friends. But I mean, I, I love the second one. It's so fucking weird and crazy. Yeah. Um, and, and, and that scene, you know, when, when, when uh, I forget the character's name, who has the steel plate in his head that he keeps scratching with a coat hanger mm-hmm. and eating the skin. That's one of my favorite scenes in a horror movie because it goes on forever. Um, and it's a really creepy scene, but uh, I think that's a movie that doesn't get quite as much love as it deserves. It doesn't get any from me. It was too weird for me. I was like, what the <laughs> hell is this? I did not like that at all. Oh, my God. I love that one. It's so trippy. It, it is. It, the first one, I'll give it, you know, I uh, argument aside with my co-host and I, phenomenal movie. The second one, I was like, okay, now I get where they're going, but this is too much for me. <laughs> this is too, too much <laughs> But all right, I'm glad you were able to to because I'm losing this debate in votes. So I was glad I'm glad you're able to put a tally in my column. Okay, good. I'm glad. I'm glad I'm on your side. <laughs> but Mr. Landon, I appreciate you coming on so much. Um, happy Death Day to you. Happy Death Day to you. We come we, we come out on February 13th. February 13th. The first one was a hit. I, after hearing everything Chris was able to tell us, I can't wait to see a second one. So. Thank you again, sir, for coming on and giving us your time. We appreciate it. No, it was, it was my pleasure. I, I had a lot of fun talking to you. Thank you. Thank you. We'll be in touch. You know, maybe uh, we'll have you on again to, after everybody knows what happened. <laughs> Absolutely. I would love it. Have a great night, sir. Thank you. All right. Thanks so much. All right, guys. I hope you guys enjoyed that. Christopher Landon, man, brought us some heavy shit. He landed hard. Yeah, but I mean, uh, like he said, uh, February 13th, go check out Happy Death Day 2. Everybody knows the original, you know, it, he he says it's something different. I, I am a lot more excited to see it now, having spoken to him than otherwise, so, you know, 
I'm, you know, I want to see what they're able to do. And he's proven with his other stuff that he's a hell of a writer and continuing back to paranormal, continuing paranormal activity one to a sequel has got to be difficult as a writer. It's like that, that had, that ending had closure. It was a huge fucking movie. And, you know, they came out with, uh, with security cameras and then, you know, they reinvented it, did it right. And, if he could do that, I'm interested to see what he's going to do with the sequel. He's a pretty smart guy, man, if they pull it off. Yeah. You know, the number one movie in the world right now is a cartoon. Which one? Dragon Ball Super. I'm not, dude, I don't, I never watched Dragon Ball ever. It's the number one movie in the world. That's right crazy. Now. It's so big. It's fucking, I took, when it released here in the States, I took, my son out to go see it in Jacksonville, and like this movie theater is fucking off. It's got a bar. Wow, there's one bar. out here too now. Yeah, it's nice. It's got like these little buttons where you can recline the seat and everything. Mm-hmm. So when I went on Fandango to book the seats because everything was sold out, um, the way they had it set up, I was like, all right, perfect. I got top fucking row, two in the middle, bingo. I get there. Well, I guess the whole fucking map was fucked out because they put us in the middle. In the, I mean, in the middle. Oh, God. Seat, all the way down at the bottom. Oh. So I was like, fuck, we're right there by the speakers. He sends it. But anyway, we ended up having fun, man. It was such a fucking good movie, dude. It was like, wow. I was, I was really blown away. That is your shit, man. You've always been a Dragon Ball fan. Yeah, but the, just the work that they put into it, like the, the fight scenes and what they did as far as animation-wise, like, Mm-hmm. A long way from its uh, its original days. Yeah, I mean, it was just I forgot what kind of crazy number they used to do the fight scenes with and the sequences, but chart breaking. And it was just it was like a it was a good movie to watch just because of the way that it was made. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I was like, damn man, and the whole fucking thing was packed. People were clapping, yelling, screaming. I was like, oh, shit, the fucking seven-year-old two rows behind me. He's like, oh, like, what the fuck is going on? And I was like, god damn, man. I was like, this movie is fucking great. I'm looking at my son. He's over there. He's like, oh, like, yeah, yeah. I start doing that. Oh, we're all fucking screaming. I'm like, fuck you. Yeah. Somebody's going to get the ass beat is what I was thinking. I said, oh, somebody's going somebody's gonna to get too hype and get out their chair and start fucking fighting. I said, that's it. I said, who's, I'm looking around, I'm like, somebody's, it's, it's going to be a, one little white boy that's going to get too fucking hype off this shit. I'm like, <laughs> like where the fuck is it? We're going to have to fucking get out. Where's the exit? I said, this shit is getting too crazy. It's so, good that shit. movies can still do that, though. And there's not many that can do it. Like, teenage, te- dude, if they did Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles the right way, it could have been a big movie. Mm-hmm. And I mean completely, like, it needs to be cartoon. Like, well, they, they came out with another cartoon version of it, but it's, I don't know if you've seen the animation of it. It's, it's strange. I think I know what you're talking about, yeah. Even that didn't land. I think after that, that real one came out where they're real Ninja Turtle, they're real turtles, like, that right there was just, the people were done with it. Yeah, no, that's not that's not what we know. And you know the turtles were never meant to be for kids, though. True. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But even, but it always was big with kids. Yeah. I didn't like the movie at all. I was like, what the hell? No, that Michael Bay one. Yeah, yeah. Fucked it up, man. Yeah. See what Pokemon like... does. They're doing the real nation or whatever they call it. 
Yeah. I mean, it's a fucking Sonic thing, man. Ah, don't, don't even get me started on the goddamn Sonic thing. God. <laughs> Some things are just better off with pencil and ink, man. Just better off keeping it like that. While we're we're off topic, if we are going to get on Dayton tonight, I mean, I, I don't know if our our listeners may pray, play Friday the Thirteenth. Also, uh, they had an update recently, hmm. and they made Jason Beast Mode. I know. I've been playing it since we've been doing this. I've just been getting my ass kicked. Oh, uh, dude! You see, when he goes into anybody who plays, when Jason goes into Rage Mode. You can't stun him unless it's with the shotgun or the sweater. And for like the first three days that the update came out, you couldn't kill him at all because the game recognized it as, you know, you, you're hitting him with the axe that shouldn't stun him. So it just didn't work. They ended up fixing it, but you're in for it, man. Jason is fucking 10 times worse now. I'm having a trouble with this fucking glitch where like he's still coming through the door, even though the door is shut. And he's glitching through, and he's still cutting people. Uh, well, if he's in rage mode, he could just break down the door. He doesn't have to cut it. No, it's not. I mean, I'm oh, talking just... about right off the bat. As soon as the game starts, you set the trap. Like People are setting the trap, and he's at the door cutting it down, but he's glitching through it, and he's still cutting them. Oh, yeah, yeah, as you're putting the trap down. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's So annoying. the door's still there, but you still see him glitching through. Yeah, and yeah. He's... He's able to get kills that way. Yeah, they took all the glitch spots out too with pocket knives and stuff. So that's just for anybody who listens who plays Friday the 13th. <laughs> Figure I'd throw that in there because I'm very mad about it. I've been getting my ass kicked. I haven't even made it within the first two, three minutes of each round so far. Yeah, well, hopefully we can change that. But uh, I hope you guys enjoy Christopher Landon. Go see again. Happy Death Day 2. It's going to be in theaters February 13th. Be sure to check that out. You can check us out on, on Twitter at Slasher Radio and on SlasherRadio.com. And you can catch me at MikeDead on Twitter. Me, where you at? At Bobby Spitz for the two hours. Bobby Spitz. But uh, yes, so we'll catch you guys next week. And good night from Slasher Radio. All the best with Slasher Radio podcast. You gotta talk about Midget too, fuck it. Midgets can't fucking dance to everybody. I'll bring it a whole shebang. Fucking Midget. I should. Wait, he, remember when you made that song about him and he was mad about it? Yeah, he got pissed. He was threatening. Yeah. <laughs> Passive-aggressively threatening. He was. He was mad about it, but I mean, fuck, man. He acted like can't we were take... on Hot 97. I know. <laughs> you can't take what a bunch of kids are doing on T-Pain that serious. No, no, no. You can't get too 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 far fetched into it now. Like we're just having fun, so but he wanted to he was like, God well, you know, if I fuck it, God be if I was you know just real relax, yeah, it's easy. But you know what? what? I fucking come out with a diss track right now, big time. <laughs> Do it again, two thousand nineteen. Fucking get the fucking two thousand nineteen re up. Vic, I tried everything I could to get those T-Pain songs from uh, the company S-Mule or whatever. They have, like, a login thing, 
and there's no way to recover that. I try, went above and beyond to try, and I yeah. couldn't fucking. I don't know where the fuck I had them. They're gone forever. I think. That we can't find them on MySpace anymore. Either. I can't get them off MySpace. They're there. They're sitting there. No, cause, listen. What? I was able to log into my old <gasps> account and find the songs, and they won't play. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. They're listed there. Yeah, they're listed. Yeah, but they, they just, just won't play. play. Yeah, that's what I mean. They're sitting there doing nothing. It's a shame. It is fucked up, man. But I would love to put one of them out right now. There was a few of them that were fucking. A couple good. were good, like two or three of them, four, three or four. We had enough for an, an EP. Oh, easily, maybe bang out one or two more EP. Midget, Midget got mad though. Midget did not like it. He was pissed. My, da- my, my dad was so happy to play that for him. He was. <laughs> he was so fucking happy. He play. deserved it though, man. He was. They were. They were all cocks in that. Like, they were all <laughs> fucking a bunch of dickheads, like. And then the one time I fuck like you say one thing about them, they all get fucking frantic and all pissed off. But you know what? Fuck you guys. <laughs> serious about this shit? God damn. That's why we did it. That's why I we know did it. exactly. They fucking deserved it. Fuck it. There we <laughs> got a bunch of teenagers making a fucking diss track on T Pain, and that ruins your day. Get a life. Yeah. Go do something. Worry about something. And it was bad enough that everybody just running around this room, and we were down there fucking. Oh yeah. Because of Stevie. Yeah. Well. I like that rumor though. I, <laughs> that was it that was, was fun. It was fun. It was fun. It's like, all right, you think we're fucking car? Right. We're fucking. We, we ain't fucking, but all right. Bang on the roof a little bit. <laughs> Make some noises. I talk. I talked to him once about that recently, and I was like, dude, you really did tell like Ed out of the phone told me, fucking, uh, buddy George. The first time I met George, like, me and him smoked cigarettes, so we would go outside the garage and smoke, and he's like, yeah, you know, uh, your uncle says, how's your cousin or something like that? I'm like, oh, yeah, he's good. What, did Stevie tell you about him? He's like, yeah, he, uh, he tells us that you guys, you guys fuck. I'm like, what? What? I just met this guy. He's not even in the family, Uh, man. I was like, what? Tell everybody. Fucking. And probably he came up one day and they were like, what are you doing? We're in the basement. Why? What'd you leave for? Because they're fucking. They're fucking done that. I had to fucking leave. Or either that or he got so pissed off at us that he told them that they fuck each other. You're fucking gay. That's why. He did tell one time that he came down while we were fucking and had to go back up and leave. It's like, so you came all the way from Queen. We were fucking. And he left. Hey, Went back home. We didn't tell him to leave, did we? <laughs> nobody, nobody told him to leave and speaking of fucking how dare he even say because he tried fucking us a few times yeah, if he anything. did yeah, me, he fucking me. remember when he fucking folded me yeah yeah he folded me and tried to rape me yeah <laughs> <laughs> he did though he fucking tried to fold me up and rape me man on numerous times that is the closest thing you can ever come to getting fucked without actually getting fucked. He is the closest. The only thing that stopped you was, or us was the fact that we had pants on. <laughs> That's it. That's, he yeah. had the same motion of trying to get it in. He's like a dog trying to find it, you know? Mm. He just humped until he got something. He had you trapped underneath him with both hands on each corner mm-hmm. of the mattress. Mm-hmm. He folded yeah. the mattress out. He was pulling the mattress out. <laughs> Sheets came off. He was fucking <laughs> banging it, banging it out. And then the he flipped. Throat. 
then he flipped around six times. It. <laughs> it was amazing. He's an agile guy for his size. He is. <laughs> I was like, holy he, shit. He, th- he calls it the spider monkey and he threatens me with it. I'll do the spider monkey on you, Jimmy. He, he oh, tried to it. finger me one time. Feta did finger me once. He tried. He went, well, see, Feta's oh, got, oh, got very in. close. He does. He is very dangerous. Like, I think it didn't go in my butt or anything, but. No, but if it wanted to. It went far enough to where I think it counts. He says to me, too, like, remember that time I fingered you? Stevie yeah. was fucking with me. I was bent over almost trying to battle him off, and my crack was out. And yeah. he shoved his finger. He credit card swiped at least well over three quarters of my butt crack. See, that's a man who. He goes for it. He has no fear. And the only reason he stopped was because I stopped him. He, there was no and He was going for the hole. And there's no amount of clinch that could stop that. No, no, no. Especially None. in the position I was in. None. And it happened so fast. I was like, what the hell? If I see him again and I get him in a sensitive spot. <laughs> I'm going to have something to do with my thumb. He deserves it. He, oh, he does. He does. You just yeah, talk to him, distract him. Don't even let him know I'm there. I just come up behind, nice, real nice, and make a fucking feta ring. <laughs> feta ring. <laughs> Down to the knuckle. <laughs> he he does, man. He, he has no... no but you no know what? Ball. Here's the thing. If I did it, he'd probably turn and be like, what are you doing? That's all you got? Do he, it again, guys. He, he, he likes it. Do it again. Put two fingers in there. Let me do you. Come here. Oh, you wait, 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 wait. No, 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 no. <laughs> supposed to happen. Stop it. And then he tell you some weird shit. He said, you see that billy club on the wall? I was like, yeah, I sit on that every night. <laughs> no, you don't. It make you think, does he? Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. he Why really, did he say it? Wasn't phased by that thumb. Fucking asshole. And then he'd come out with some weird shit and be like, hey, you ever sit on a billy bat, cha-cha? <laughs> no. And then he says he gets mad at you like you're fucked up for not doing it. What's wrong with a billy bat? You don't like billy bats? Uh, you like it. Yeah, like you spend a night, I'm sure. You like it. <laughs> I don't know, man. I think I gotta go home now because I just forgot to take the um clothes out the oven. I mean, uh I just <laughs> I'm uncomfortable. <laughs> I don't know what's going on, Chris, but I ain't showing you it no more. I'm done. That's where I draw the line. I thought pulling it out was offensive. You were the first one to be like, show it to me. Bracing it. Yeah. Go ahead. Show it to me. What you got? <laughs> he looked over the, over the fucking car and said, I was insulted. And I'm the one with the dick out. <laughs> <laughs> I've never seen you act like that in my life. What the fuck? You, you actually from put like, it away and told him not to look at it. The whole point of howling somebody's for them to look at it. You told him, don't look at it. What the fuck, man? <laughs> You're supposed to react like that. You, you met your it's match like, with the owl. Yes. He didn't just bluff the and like, point... look you in the eye. He looks at your cock. That's dead at it. <laughs> like he's talking to it. Looks he dead will... at it. He looks he... at your cock. He will grab your He will. <laughs> he will... I'm, I'm sure he would fucking suck it if he had to. <laughs> if he had to. <laughs> I don't want to know why you would have to, but I, I see what you're saying. I agree. If, 
You know what I'm saying? Like if yeah, I if said, push if came I to said, shove. If I said, I'll pull my fucking cock out and show it to you if you suck it, I'm sure he'll get on his knees and suck <laughs> it and make me pull it out. Just make to me, get you to do just it. Just to get me to pull it the fuck out. <laughs> fuck so then fuck I'm, I'm in a position like, do I, do I really want this guy to suck my dick? Because <laughs> he it's would. It's just a game of, it's, it's an extreme game of chicken. That's really is. what it is. Who's going to stop first? And he will never stop. He ain't going to stop. He's He'll, told he me will before. Get, he will get to that point. That time he he fingered me that time when he put in my butt crack. He said to me, "If you would have let me keep keep going, I would have put my whole finger in your ass." He said I, that to me. What'd you I, say? I told him I believe him. And and absolutely not. Why would I? Why would I stay bent over for you to do that? But but the point is, I believe he would have done it. Yeah, because I mean, if he's gonna go that far, like the thing. You, a man's crack isn't somewhere you want to put your thumb. Period. No, no, no. Yeah. And then here he comes, just <laughs> just like a little flute, just a little <laughs> fucking thumb in the ass. It's okay. Don't worry about it. All right. And then it's Get fucking weird because you do that, and then after that you smoke a blunt, and then you're sitting there, and you're sharing your blunt with this guy who had his finger in the ass. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Not not the smartest of decisions. It's like, good lord. <laughs> like, this guy just had a finger in my ass. He threatened to suck fucking my cousin's cock. Probably would have. <laughs> Probably would have. I think he might have. Rape both of us all in one night. Kick boot Stevie in the ass a couple times. Boot Stevie in the ass. But I promise you, he would never shove his thumb in Stevie's ass. <laughs> no, no, he wouldn't. He wouldn't. He wouldn't do that. I don't think he'd go that far. No. Stevie's ass is always the line. When I get back up there, I dare Feta to pull his cock out, and I'll pull my cock out, and then we'll have to we have to stare at it for ten seconds each. <laughs> He's going to do it. But you know what? I'm fine with it. Let's do it. <laughs> so, you're, so you're prepared to do it? I'm ready. Uh, all, right. all right. Come on, Feta. Ten seconds each. <laughs> at the same oh, time, what? Same time. Same time. But I got to look at his while he looks at mine. But you realize. You're not going to get through the 10 seconds. He's going to lunge. No, no, no. That's it. He can't, can't do that. No. He's, you know he's going to do it. That'd be nice. Though. If he lunges for it, you know what? It's in God's hands. <laughs> whatever, whatever happens, happens. 90% of the reason why I even question shit because I just don't want him to hurt it. <laughs> and he I will hurt it. He's going to hurt it. Like, something's going to happen, and I just I can't bear a flesh wound on my dick. Like, I can't. The last thing it needs. So you gotta put it away. You gotta cover it up, and then he'll come back out and just pretend like it never like the nicest person in the world. You see, let me see a cock. That's all I want to do. I just want to look at it. No, you don't. There's more to it. <laughs> no, you don't. Just a ten second looksy. Okay, you stare at it. I'll stare at yours. And keep in mind, he has the tuck move, where he cups his and kind of goes in. He has a nice lean tuck. It's the squat. It's all in the squat. Yeah, it's not yeah. like a tuck. It's like a and squat. And the shoulder a little bit, too. He gets that shoulder down good. Yeah. And then once he puts that back foot, you can't push it. There's nothing you can do. Yeah. He, he's got power, the little bastard. That's why you got to take your left hand and go behind his ass. <laughs> what? You got to. <laughs> when he does that little duck and tuck, you know, that little back foot in the back, you got to take your left hand and go <laughs> around the back of his ass and grab him, <laughs> grab him by the ass. That's what you gotta do. 
How do you how know is, this? Uh, I've done I it mean, before. I know you've done it, but it's like, how did you get it down to a science? I gotta fucking protect myself. <laughs> he tries located to, his weakness. You gotta fucking because you can't box him out. Like you gotta, you gotta like square. You gotta square up because once he does that little move, you can't push him because he's planted. So you gotta go up. You gotta kind of like yeah, yeah. Get behind him, grab his ass. I don't you know what do it is. Sidestep a little bit. To get to the ass, yeah. He's more afraid of you getting to his ass than his dick. He'll throw <laughs> cock at he'll throw cock at you all day long, but if you go for that ass, boy. <laughs> it gets a little tense. So then when he does, he'll do a spin move on you. When he does the spin move You cover up a step back. That's what yep, I do. That's it. That's you do it. the step back. Whoa, whoa, you regroup. Oh yeah. It, yeah. Let him think, because now he knows you. Oh, oh hey. <laughs> now you're ready. <laughs> I'm ready. I know now. That you- so that you know that I know you know that we know. <laughs> You're going to try to do that again. Something's going to happen. <laughs> Make your next move. Be careful. Yeah, you choose your next move wisely, boy. Uh, Are we going to stop or what? Are we good? I always <laughs> notice that, too, when we're smoking, he'd back up somewhere, whether it be against the truck, the counter, mm-hmm. whatever. It's, yeah. always, it's his ass is his weakness. <laughs> Go for that ass, boy. Oh, my God. Throw dick at him, he'll throw dick at you, but once you get that ass... It's over at the Heine. That's it. He don't play Heine games. <laughs> I he can't don't wait play for him Heine. to listen to this. That's it. He don't play Heine games. I remember that one time you were like, I'd rather take it in the ass than suck a dick. And he goes, oh, yeah, yeah, but you got so many vessels in your ass, that's when I knew. I was yeah. like, ding. Yeah. He's scared of his asshole getting played with. <laughs> <laughs> he gives me shit about that to this day. It's a thing. That's it. That's where it's at. He, so he does not let you near it. Well, that's that's where it's at. You get you get a hold of that little booty boo. <laughs> Stevie is the front. He don't want Stevie, you knowing what's in there. He don't want you fucking with it. He won't fucking <laughs> He'll do give it. you the ass, but you don't want Stevie's ass. No, you don't. It's, so he's got an advantage. It's crazy, man. It's sad. <laughs> it's sad that we have to know how to battle one another like this. I know. I know. If this was the art of war, man, we'd be fucking military captains or sergeants. And a fucked up thing where they try to do this move where they would separate us. Yes. Make but we fought. We put up a good fight, man. There was nothing. There was, I was never ashamed. I never ashamed. I fought for it, man. Yeah. Yeah. That You have to. You, have, you can't let them. Because they will try and wear you down and, and pick you off. But we communicated well. That was the thing. Yeah, that was it. I fought for my shit, man. I fought for my shit. <laughs> <laughs> they go make it easy. And well, I was, we, I, we communicated so well, we knew we just had to wait for backup. We he's had ticklish. Kind of, he's he ticklish. Is, he is. Stevie, too. Yeah, he's ticklish. Stevie's thing, see, like, if he's got you, mm-hmm. you got to kind of, like, rock it out till he gets tired a little bit. You can, <laughs> you can rock it out enough until he kind of gets, like, a little... Tired and winded, and then you can kind of start making your moves. Yeah. You gotta, you gotta just make sure he doesn't grab anything important. That's it. Just and, fight and wait it out. It's defense with him. Yeah, yeah. It's defense yeah. with him. Just defend. <laughs> Use your surround. If he's got you against the wall, the wall is your friend. <laughs> Use the wall. Just fuck around. Just keep doing it. Keep doing those little wax on, wax off moves. He's a switcher. If he's fucking with you, all you gotta do is. Tickle a rib, he'll he'll reset, he'll use that elbow, boom, try to get you off his ribs. That gives you time yeah. to put your hand back on your cock and block. 
You gotta fucking, you gotta, it's gonna go on for about five or six minutes, but you'll be all right. Just gotta keep, <laughs> keep fucking around. And it, 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 with Stevie too, you gotta be careful of the legs. Yeah. Man. He goes for the legs. He fucks with you. He's got his own little movement with the legs. He will lift. He's power. He's all power. He will lift you. Yep. He will lift you. He will. <laughs> just gotta, that's what I say. If you're against the wall, you, the wall is your friend. Yeah. Use the wall. Yeah. You need leverage. He's all about getting leverage, Stevie. If you can get in that nice position up against something, he's harmless as long as you cover up right. You get, you're going to get thrusted. Mm. I mean, that, that is, that's going to happen regardless. But other than that, you can make it out. Oh, Fetta with the hiney. Yeah, Fetta's all finesse. Stevie, you got to worry about the power. Fetta, too, he likes to wear those jogging pants. Oh, man, you grab a good. And he's always had, like, that little tiny bump in the front where I knew it was... <laughs> I knew exactly where his cock was at, at all times. <laughs> it's like a little that little bump in the front. That little set the bump right there on the line, like where his line is, <laughs> like on the jogging pant where the seam is at. It's, it's like, a very oh. small bump, though, I'll tell you that. Very small, but I knew where it was. <laughs> just, just subtle enough. Give you that little backhand. Ta-da. <laughs> oh, my God, dude. <laughs> Let's end oh, this fucking fuck. thing. <laughs>